0: Galatians 6, 6 but the 6, 7 Do not be deceived God is not mocked for whoever whatever one sows that he will also reap for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption but the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up so then as we have opportunity let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are prone to wander like we were just singing. God, I, I pray that you would keep us from that, that you would that, that we would understand our, our role, that, that we have that tendency, that we would feel the grace and the mercy, that we would know that, we would experience that, and that would keep us from that from wandering away from you. I pray that this message this morning of Galatians again would help us do that we would see the gospel in a new light and we passion would grow inside of us and it would cause us to not wander from you. We pray this in your great name. Amen. Hey, please have a seat. Listen, thanks so much for coming to hang out with us. I was wondering if anybody would show up today. I was up a little early. Just thinking things through, and there was like a deluge outside of my house at like five in the morning, I was like, is the barn even going to be there when we get there? So it's nice that it stopped at least for a minute. I think it's probably supposed to keep going. Last night, they had a wedding here, so we had torn everything down. We had the, the TVs torn down. We got two out of three of them down without breaking them, so that was awesome. Only one folded in half when it hit the ground. But I did hear that folded screens are all the rage now, so we're going to hang on to it and see if we can sell it. So let us know if you're interested in a broken, folded TV, but we got, we got another one uh, all set up for us. But a couple of guys, Matt Hitz and Brandon, and I'm not sure who else was here, we're here at like 7 in the morning, getting things set up, putting the stage back together, hanging the TVs and the speakers and rerunning the wires for the sound, and we are back. We are back in business, at least for a couple more weeks. Okay, so if you haven't heard... We're moving to the Gallon House Farms in November, so we're going to be here for a couple of more weeks into, into October. Uh, I think there might be one week where we don't meet, and we're going to ask people to go to Salem, our other location, and maybe just have a party all together. I know it's far, but maybe just the one time, huh? just once, and then we'll kick things off in November. They've got an inside facility there. They're, they've been great, the Roths. Uh, they've been phenomenal. We're excited to to meet at that location starting in November at their inside location, and then they've also got the barn next door, which is cool. So we can we can meet in the barn as well when things are when things are nice. Okay, so last week we were in Galatians six, and I really only did one verse last week, Galatians six six, and that way we didn't wear, uh, we didn't uh, hear that this morning. Carrie didn't read that one, but it was just. Let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. And we were talking about sowing the seeds of generosity and why we would want to be generous to the church. Why does the church need you to be generous? Okay. And I advocated for paid staff, of which I am not one of them. I'm not not paid. Uh, But I was talking about all the wonderful things that the paid staff does. And I think I insinuated that they do all the ministry And somebody mentioned something to me after the service, and I was like, dang, that that wasn't good. We are all supposed to be engaged in ministry as Christians, just to be clear. I just want to clarify. You don't just write a check, and you're like, nice, see ya. You do the ministry thing, and I'm going to do my life stuff. We, in Ephesians, there's a verse, we, we need to be equipping the saints for ministry. That's what paid staff does. It kind of facilitates, it organizes the ministry so that we all can get involved, so that we all can serve it, so that we all can share the gospel with each other. So that's just a quick, a quick note on last week's. But this week, we're talking about reaping and sowing, if you heard what Carrie read. But there's one phrase that stuck out to me this week. It was verse 9. Okay, and I don't know if you caught it, but it says, let us not grow weary of doing good. I don't know if you heard that. That kind of sticks out to me. This feels like a weary time right now, doesn't it? Like I'm, I'm feeling the weariness. I, I mean, especially this week. We've had, a, we've had a long, busy summer. This church plant has been awesome, but it took some work to do it. We traveled as a family. We traveled more, I think, this summer than we ever have with road trips and whatnot. Now we're getting into the fall. We got uh, school cranking up. We got kids' activities going on. We've got decisions to be made in my household that are kind of weighty, that are kind of heavy decisions about the future of our kids and how are we going to set them up for success a decade from now, two decades, whatever whatever the time frame is. So this is what we've been doing. This is not advisable. You shouldn't do this. But we've been thinking a decade, two decades in the future, thinking we don't want their lives to be messed up. So what can we decide today to keep them from being messed up? And we're trying to import all the stress and anxiety and the future of our kids into today in this weighty decision, whatever it is. I mean, like there's multiple decisions to be made. And we're taking it all on. You know, this week, we talked about it. I don't know if you... Remember the verse that says, Do not be anxious about tomorrow. Today's got enough trouble of its own. So we tried to stamp that verse on those weighty decisions. But anyways, that just adds to the weariness, right? It's just heavy decisions, lifestyle decisions, schooling decisions, all this stuff. Not to mention, I don't know if you noticed, but the world is spiraling out of control. I don't know if you watch the news, but it's a hot mess out there and i love to watch the news and it's killing me like I, i'm a news junkie and have been for a while and i i like to know what's going on and i've gotten kind of sucked into like i got to know like minute by minute what's going on i used to have i don't anymore but i used to have the notifications pop up on the phone the phone is it helpful i think it's helpful i think it's very unhelpful too you used to have these notifications, headline, 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 headline Afghanistan, the election, or the Delta variant, you know, whatever it is, like, bing, bing, bing. Oh, and you just, insides, like, you know, get tight, like, oh, no, what's the crisis? It's always a crisis. It's this crisis. It's that crisis. And I don't know if they're just trying to get me to watch or it's actually a crisis. I actually do know that they're making stuff up because last night I did watch the news and there was an, there was a, uh, an article, a story about the pet care crisis. Have you heard of the pet care crisis? I was ready just to walk out like, oh, this is a crisis, the pet care crisis. There's not enough veterinarians. We're gonna call that a, we're gonna call that a crisis. I'm sure there's probably some animal lovers in here. You're like, eh, that is a big deal. It, I mean, I feel like we're calling everything a crisis now. Point I'm trying to make, there's a lot going on. There's a lot, if you're paying attention, It's going to drive you to grow weary. And if you're feeling it, if you're feeling the weariness, here's what we got for you. The reason we are growing weary is we're a couple of things. We're probably trying to do too much. We got too much on our plate. All right, that's that's part of the reason and the other reason is we're trying to take on too much We're trying to take on the weight of the world Like there's decisions I talked about like oh if I make the wrong decision that's going to be the end Like I, I got to research this I got to get on my phone I got to read every article of every opinion of every single issue So I got the right information so I can make the right decision We're taking on too much and we are growing weary And the solution to our weariness, is not to do more, okay? It's probably do less. That's not the solution, though. It's part of it. But it's to be with God as Christians. Stop doing for God and start being with God more. It seems so simple, but I think that's the solution. That's what Paul is leading us to. That's what Pete Scazzaro is leading us to. He's an author. He wrote this book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, Emotionally Healthy Leadership, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. All all these different books, they're phenomenal. And that's his concept. We've got to be with God in order to do for God. And if we mix that up, if we try to do for God without being with God, things fall apart and we will grow weary. So that's where we're at today. Let's read a verse. Let's read what Paul has for us in in Galatians. We read it. I'm going to read it again just to get us on the right track. Verse seven, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. So here we go. We got some sowing and we got some reaping going on. What is sow to the spirit, sow to the flesh? What does that mean? It's like some of those Bible words, Bible language. It's not clear automatically what that means. We sow to the spirit. What does that mean? That means to cultivate our faith. That means to create space in our life for people to speak into our lives and for us to preach the gospel to ourselves. Okay, if we do that, if we create some space for God to work in us, if we if we are getting the gospel preached to us and we are preaching the gospel to ourselves, we will reap eternal peace. We will reap eternal joy. We will reap eternal life. But what do we often do? We are prone to wander. If you heard the song, we sow to the flesh. How do we sow to the flesh? I, we just let the world push us around in whatever direction it's going. We don't really take control. We don't, we don't really try to affect what we're doing. We just get pushed around, okay? The world pushes us around. This thing, this phone pushes us around. It's like our rudder. We don't, if we don't pay attention, if we don't put limits on this thing, it'll drive you crazy. And if we sow to the flesh, if we let the world push us around, if we let the phone push us around, we will reap corruption, it says. We will reap destruction. And we will reap weariness upon weariness. So it shouldn't be a big shock that that we might be getting weary, but sometimes it is. You think, ah, oh, I don't know why I'm so tired. I don't know why I'm so exhausted. I don't know why I'm struggling so much. And it should be clear why we're struggling, but but sometimes it's not. We're, we're trying to reap something we didn't sow. We're we're sowing to the phone. We're sowing to the flesh. We're sowing to the world. And we're, we're expecting to reap eternal life. It's like the world's worst farmer. Okay. Sowing seeds, you know, and expecting a different crop to to pop up. Like, oh, all I had was grass seeds. I put that down, but I'm really hoping for hops this year. Come on. Really hoping for, for something good. That's all I had. Like, that is mocking God. For us to sow to the flesh and expect eternal life, that doesn't happen. That, that can't be. That's not the natural order of things. We reap what we sow. Let's talk about how, how we do this. I mentioned the phone. I mentioned how, how ah, the phone information and education is, is a good thing. It was it promised a lot. It promised to help us. It promised like, oh, the world at our fingertips. This should be amazing. But I think it's become unhelpful. The phone is great. I have a phone. But like too much information, too much of this, trying to understand what everybody's opinions are around the world, trying to keep up on the news everywhere, like this is not helpful. And this will lead to weariness, okay? So the phone is a, is a big problem. Just technology in general can be an issue. But what about the world? How does the world lead us to weariness? Let me, let me explain it this way. When you're young, let's talk about people in their 20s. <laughs> uh, you got the world at your fingertips, right? You're excited, like, oh, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to choose a career. I'm going to... I'm gonna uh, I don't know i'm gonna be successful i'm gonna do amazing things i'm gonna change the world Whatever it is. I don't know what what you thought in your 20s But I don't know that it was quite like that for me, but it was close, you know I got I got the world here. I'm gonna do awesome things and you're excited You're the farthest thing from weary you're excited and you're like I want to I want to attack the world and I want to do I want to build a business or I want to climb the ladder and then if you're fortunate, you find somebody to, to link up with, and you, and you get married, and you're like, oh, we're going we're gonna to do this together. We're going to do amazing things. This is going to be incredible. Holly and I, I think I remember us saying, uh, we met on this mission trip to Ecuador, so we were, you know, thinking we would just travel for the rest of our lives. Um, I think, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Holly, but I think it was something like, um, whatever we do, I just don't want to live a normal life. I want to do something amazing, incredible traveling. Twelve years later, we have the most normal life you could ever experience. Everything but the white picket fence, okay? Which is not bad. And we're fortunate and I'm thankful for our normal life, okay? But it was different than what we thought when we were first getting married. We, we, you know, reality kind of set in a little bit, which is what happens. You... you, you pick a career and you want to be successful at your career, then you maybe you get married, maybe you've got some kids, you've got some great ideas for your family and what that's going to look like and, and how that's going to go. Maybe there's a house involved, you're going to remodel a house, you're going to build a house, whatever. Like you've got this great picture and then the 30s hit. So that was the 20s, then, you, then the 30s come. And now you've been hit a couple times by life. You start to get, you start to be, a little wiser, like, oh, okay, so your, your grand plan here, like, it's starting, like, your expectations are lowering. It's still like an incline. Can you see this? I'm not saying it's gone yet, you know. But you, you know, I needed a minute at 30. I was looking around like, hold on, hold on. Wife, kids, So I'm responsible for everybody here like it's up to me to make sure we're all taken care of like that's heavy That's that's got some weight to it. I I needed a second like okay. I can do this I'm still young, you know, I got a little wiser, but i'm still feeling like I I can do this thing And the decisions start to start to show up the heavy decisions The weighty decisions and it it kind of slows you down a little bit Then you get to 40s or maybe 41 like I am Maybe 50s, and what happens? You're, I mean, like, you were here, you slowed down. Now it's like, is there growth here? Are we, are we still on an upward trend? The things that we've measured our success by, this is what the world does. Career, money, success, achievement, marriage, family, whatever. Fill in the blank, whatever. However you're measuring your, your success, however you're measuring your life, like, progress starts to slow down, and you're wondering, like, do I, am I making progress? Am I still going the right direction? Is this something that I, that I am excited about? I think it becomes more about, like, survival rather than growth and, and excitement. And you start to get weary, especially in midlife. You're just kind of going through the motions. I'm just trying to get through. Maybe you're thinking about retirement or whatever. So what do you do? You, you, you add something exciting to your life to try to spice things up. Okay, new career. Let's do it. New career. We're going to ditch the old career. That one's lame. I'm going to do something new. I'm going to start something fresh. And to the degree that your career is trying to be the cure for your weariness and trying to fulfill you and satisfy you, what happens? It just leads to more weariness, and now you're starting from scratch, and you got to learn a whole new job, or a new house. No, this will do it. This will be exciting, or uh, whatever. I'm going to move to a new state. That's that's on people's minds these days. I keep hearing about this. Idaho looks pretty good. Maybe that's the cure for us. I'm not saying it's bad. I know a bunch of people that are talking about this now. Idaho, or Texas, or Florida. I might not have to wear a mask in the store, or, whatever. or, or uh, You know, politics might be different there. It's almost like an addict, okay? This is a little bit extreme, but this is what Martin Lloyd-Jones, a guy that I listened to uh, the other day, an old guy from the 1950s, was equating our weariness to like drinking and drugs. Like we are looking for the next quick hit to get us excited, to get us fired up, to, to solve our weariness. Like an addict looks to the next hit. And does the addict... Uh, is is his next hit a cure for his weariness, or does it make it worse? It makes it so much worse. Listen, our Christian lives are similar to our, like, everyday life. We start fresh in the beginning. Maybe we come to a new understanding of who Jesus is or what the gospel is, the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. We see it for real, and we're like, this is amazing. I thought it was a joke, but it's actually legit. I Like... I've tried everything on my own. I can't figure it out, but I've tried Jesus and I looked into this and I love it. I don't know, this is my experience. Like I don't know, nothing has changed yet. My situation hasn't changed. I still got issues in a bunch of different areas, but I feel this eternal peace coming over me. This is the new Christian talking here. This new eternal peace is, is washing over me and I'm excited to join in a community. I want to learn more about God. I want to learn more uh, about who I am in relationship to God. And I want to meet new people. I want other people to know about Jesus. And it's exciting and it's fresh and it's new. And then your faith kind of gets middle-aged. And it starts maybe not to be so much growth and it starts to kind of become ho-hum. And then it becomes a grind. Uh go to church again. I got to do, I got to be nice to my wife again. I got to drink, you know, as much as I want to or, you know, whatever. And so what happens? You either bail or even worse, you stick around and you just grind it out. I'm just going to be here. I'll just do what I'm supposed to do because that's what I'm supposed to do. That's, that's the meaning of, our faith right we just keep cranking it out and keep putting one foot in front of the other and and we'll just grind that will lead to burnout and that will lead to you fouling out where people just say that's it i'm done i haven't been into this for a while i'm out of here i'm walking away from the church i'm walking away from my marriage i'm walking away from whatever career my responsibilities i'm just gonna start drinking as much as i want doesn't matter this is, this is the reality, and I, I hate to say this. I didn't even want to bring this up, but Martin Lloyd-Jones did. Like He thought it was important up in the 50s. Churches perpetuate this sometimes. We're like, oh, people are bored. We need a new activity. We need a new initiative. We need a new group. We need a new church plan. <laughs> That'll get them fired up. That'll get them excited, and we're, we're leading less people to Jesus. We're actually maybe more like a, a drug dealer pushing, you know, the latest hit, to the degree that we're pushing that stuff as a cure for your weariness, that's jacked up. Obviously, we got to keep moving. We got to keep growing. We want to we wanna push the gospel. We want to we wanna see new people come to faith. So it's not like every activity is, is messed up. But, but Christians perpetuate this. Churches perpetuate this. This is a problem. This is why we're so weary. So let me ask you, what's the solution to this? What is the solution? That was kind of a sad intro. Let's talk about a solution here. Let's go to math, Wait, Luke 10, 38 through 42. Let's throw that up on the screen. This is, this, is our, this is our solution. This is a story of Jesus and Mary and Martha. Okay, here we go. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his preaching. Okay? Two gals, sisters, Mary and Martha. Mary is sitting at the Lord's feet listening to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, What's he gonna say? What's he gonna say? Yeah, Mary, you should get up and really help out. you have been sitting around all day. (laughs) Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. What? Mary, the one that's sitting and just hanging out, not doing the work? Jesus is favoring her over the one that's working themselves into a frenzy. Martha, who's trying to serve everybody, who's getting anxious and troubled and probably weary. Being with Jesus needs to be first and foremost in our life. Before we ever think about doing anything, we've got to be with Jesus. We've got to let the grace and mercy of Jesus wash over us we've got to hear the gospel over and over again from multiple different perspectives we've got to we've ah, we've got to let the weariness dissipate from hearing the gospel like weariness will start to will start to fade and then the passion for the gospel starts to grow when you understand that that Jesus died for you that Jesus died for me and it's not just our spiritual lives that get changed by being with Jesus. Like once, once this understanding comes and washes over you, once that passion starts to grow for the gospel, it bleeds into other areas of our life. It's not just our spiritual life. Oh, now it bleeds into our marriage maybe. Now we serve because of how we've been served. And oh, it might bleed into our work. Now we work and we want to serve people. Not because we're trying to get ahead. Not because we're, we're we just need to grow in our career so people think we're awesome. No, we work because God worked, because God loves to work. He created things. And then he stood back and said, that was awesome. That mountain, that ocean, those stars, whatever. He makes these things and he, and he, uh, he stands back and says, that's awesome. That's what I like to do. Do a little project, do a little remodel, make a spreadsheet, you know, whatever. That's my, my day job. That is a sweet formula on that spreadsheet. Somebody come and look at this, you know. <laughs> what? Excel? What? Where was I? Oh, grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, it bleeds into our life, not just our spiritual life, but in our marriage and in our finances, in our addictions. Did you know that the cure for your addiction is not the cure for drinking too much? It's not drinking less. I know that's that's probably what you might think it is. It's not. You need a heart transformation. You need to change your motivations. The, the drinking is coming because of discomfort in your life, like something's uncomfortable, and, you, and you're, looking to, you're looking to booze to fix it. You need to fix the discomfort. You don't need to drink less. You need to know Jesus more. You need to be with Jesus more. That's the cure for addictions. How can we focus on being with Jesus rather than doing for Jesus? Let's get let's get practical. This also came from Pete Scizero. He says we got to tr- uh, tr- stop trying so hard. Okay, we're we're working, we're we're fighting the good fight, and we're overdoing it. And we have to surrender to our limits. Do you know we got limits? You don't know it when you're in your 20s. I didn't know it when I was in my 20s. We've got to surrender to our limits. And how do you know what your limits are? Scazzaro says you've got to listen to your body. Your body will tell you. Are you stressed out? Are you, are you fighting with sleep? That's how I tell about, about my life if I'm working too much. Are we, is stress starting to wane? We've got to listen to our body. Are we weary? That's a good indication that maybe we got too much on our plate. Here's the other. uh, Here's the other pro tip: ask your wife what your limits are. She'll tell you. Or your husband. These these are great. I mean, if you're married, we got people. We got two perspectives on an issue, and this is great. We got a, a partner, and we need to value their opinions because I can't see back here. Right? These are my blind spots. I don't, know, I don't know what's going on back there very well. I can't, I can't see it, but somebody else can. Your spouse can, and they can see like, yeah, that's too much. Yeah, you're taking on too much. Value the opinion of your spouse. It's great. It's a great way to discover what your limits are. Okay, so we got to surrender to our limits and we got to start sowing the good seed. First thing. I got six of these, okay? Quiet. Silence is important. These are, these, this is one way. The first way that you can be with Jesus. Sit quietly. I, it's so hard to find quiet these days, especially if you got little people in your house. Like Five minutes, like anything. Sit quietly. Let your thoughts just wander. Don't try to direct them. Just, just let them go. What comes to mind? I'll tell you what comes to my mind. It's usually the things that are stressing me out, and it's the cure that I think is going to resolve the things that are stressing me out. These are the things that bubble up, right? It's, the, uh, it's like this is what's driving me crazy, and then, oh, I just need a promotion, or you know, I just need some more clients at my business. Oh, yeah, these are the things that I think about sit quietly find some time to sit quietly even on a commute I, I found like just turning things off podcasts and music and whatever and just just driving that doesn't take much brain power is a pretty helpful time to sit quietly and think through uh what you're thinking about so you let these thoughts you let these thoughts bubble up and then you grab them <laughs> and say what was i just thinking about?" Like, oh, that's the stress, that must be keeping me up at night, that's, the weird, that's what's driving me crazy and this is what I think might be the cure for that, okay? So you capture your thoughts after you've had time to develop them and let them wander and then we pray and we ask God, God, these are the issues in my life, these are the things that I'm dealing with, could you handle this for me? God, I need you to overwhelm my weariness with the grace, it, with your grace and your mercy. Could you overwhelm these things in my life? Could you, could you help me? I'm, I'm weary and I'm tired. Give me the courage to surrender to my limits. Whatever it is, we need to be praying. We need to be quiet and we need to be praying. And then we need to read. We need to put down this, although you can read the Bible on that. We need to pick this up. We need to let God speak into our life. You need to know what's in this book. I, I know, it's a, who has time to read anymore? I, I only listen to audible books or podcasts or something. I'm terrible at finding time to actually read a book. This book is important, though. We should know what's in it. If you don't know what to read, you've got to start with the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Pick one. It's the story of Jesus' life. Read through it. You don't have to be a theologian to know what's going on. Listen to what Jesus has to say. And if you don't know what you want to pick, pick John. John was Jesus' best friend. Like, just read. At least that's what he says. Read it. Know what Jesus said. Another tip. Another pro tip here from an amateur, by the way. The psalms, the psalms are epic, especially if you're weary. If you're struggling through something, the psalms, oh, it's like a, I don't know what it is. I can't think of something good. It's like a, it's like a, uh, you know, a tall glass of water when you're thirsty. That was terrible, but like, (laughs) the psalms are amazing. I don't know what it is. It's like misery loves company. So if you're miserable and you, you open a psalm, it's like, oh, this, 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 David or whoever wrote the psalm, they were miserable. They were struggling. They were going through some tough times. I just, I kind of just love knowing that they were struggling. You read one and they're struggling, and then the next one, he's like screaming for joy, thanking God for getting him out of whatever the miserable, weary state that he was in. I'll tell you one. I've, I've mentioned psalms before. These are, these are important to me. There's a psalm that's gotten me through some sleepless nights, Psalm 61. I'm going to read the first four verses. I don't think we put it up there. I didn't give it to Wyatt. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. Like, and it goes on, it's like, oh, it's so soothing to my soul when I am struggling with something. Like, I don't even have to think of something great to ask God. I'll just read it and I'll pray that stuff to him. These are amazing. Did you know that Jesus quoted Psalms more than any other book? Jesus quoted these, these, these Psalms were written for him. He was weary. I'll get to that in a minute. That's like the it's like the climax here at the end when he was weary and he was exhausted for us okay we're quiet we're praying we're reading we're worshiping this is number four we come to church we listen to we listen to the incredible band we put our hands up you know if you're real brave not because we're incredible christians but we get passionate and we say i want God in my life, this is what I want. I, I want to I point to him. I want to I wanna, I wanna worship the gospel, and I want my life to reflect that. Like, I can't reach very high, like seven feet, maybe. God has to reach down and grab me, right? So this is a pretty futile attempt, but it's a pretty good picture of our attempt to reach God, like, especially when you're short. Yeah, you know? Oh, let's worship in church, of course, all together, worship in your car. Worship at home. Find some bands to put on that will preach the gospel to you. You won't even know it. You'll just be having a good time. You'll just be rocking out. I've been listening to We the Kingdom. It's a great band. Like Everything they have is amazing. There's also this other band, um, Shane and Shane. They have this album where they're singing the Psalms. We, I think we sing one of their songs here occasionally. The black, it's the black and white album, but it's called Psalms. I think they're live album. It's amazing. It's so good. Put some Christian music on. I don't know about Caleb and the fish. I'm not sure what they're playing. Find some bands. We'll give you the names of some bands to play. Like sometimes the songs I hear on the radio are like, they don't do it for me. I'm sorry. We can get you a list of some good music. So worship needs to be part of, worship needs to be part of you being with God. We need to rest. I talked about work. I talked about, how I love work, right? I love that God loved to work. He created all these things. He left it unfinished. He left this great world unfinished so that we could move the pieces around and we can image God. We can be like God and we can create things. We can plant Christmas trees and other things. We just move the soil around and we add a, a, a seed or a start of a, of a tree, but we can also create spreadsheets and investment portfolios for people, whatever it is. When we image God, I'm I'm trying to make a case for rest here, but I feel like I'm making a case that you should work harder. (laughs) Work is awesome. God loved to work. Rest is even better. God loved to rest. He didn't need to, but he took some time off. We need to rest. I know it seems counterproductive, especially in 2021. Like, we take a day off, like... Isn't that counterproductive? I won't get as much done if I take a day off or, or multiple days off, but that's not true Your weariness will keep you from being productive. You should not fight it You should take a day off sit and relax enjoy good food hang out with friends hang out with family You will be refreshed and you will actually get more done in the uh, five days or whatever day that you're days that you're working than if you tried to continue to get things done on your list all week rest is important and the last one is being discipled. Who is in your life pouring into you, pointing the gospel to you? Pointing, the, pointing you to the gospel, sorry. You need to ditch the conspiracy theory buddy, you know, the guy that's just constantly t- telling you about random stuff that is so bizarre and crazy. You need to ditch them and you need to trade them out for somebody that will preach the gospel to you. This is what this community is for so that we can link people up, so that people can create relationships with each other, so that we can talk to each other about where we're feeling weary and we can preach the gospel to one another. You need to be discipled. You need to have people pouring into you. This stuff doesn't happen overnight. When you, when you sow these seeds, these six things, being quiet, praying, reading, worshiping, resting, being discipled, this takes time, okay? You're not going to reap eternal life immediately, okay? You're not going to reap even before you sow. This is like the world's worst farmer, right? Which comes first? I reap first, right? Then I sow. We've got to sow the seed And these need to be disciplines that take place in our life over time. Like, don't take them all on. You don't have to do all six right away. But, like, incorporate some of these into your life and and do it regularly. And over time, you will look back on your life and you will say, there's progress, right? Like, oh, look at that. The needle moved a little bit. I may be middle-aged, but I got, you know, weariness is starting to dissipate some. I've got more joy. I've got this eternal peace that transcends understanding how about that it's going to take time last thing i wanted to say about this is that we are not responsible for the growth we are responsible to cultivate the ground we are responsible to sow the seed we are responsible maybe to water the seed and to be watered by others It's God that gives the growth. This is 1 Corinthians 3, 7. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. We need to reacquaint ourselves with the hero of the story. And it's not us. The weight of the world, right, cannot rest on our shoulders. This is about Jesus. This is about God. He is the one that works in us. He is the one that transforms our life through the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to recognize that. We can do these things. This is not like a prescription. You do these six things, and you're guaranteed to get this growth in your life. that's not mine. So God is the one that's responsible for the growth. We are not the hero. We need to think about Jesus. We need to think about the gospel. We We need to look at his weariness. We need to look at his exhaustion. Look at what he was going through. When he was doing his ministry, what did he do? He would preach. He would hang out with people. He would heal people. And then he would go away in quiet time. When they were coming for him, when they're coming to crucify him, you can see that they're coming. He's in the garden of Gethsemane. What's he doing? On his knees, praying, begging God for help, saying, if it's possible, could you take this cup from me? Like, I see what's coming and it looks horrific. Is there any way that we could avoid this? But nevertheless, your will be done, not mine. And he goes to the cross. He doesn't give up. He goes to the cross. Why did he go to the cross? Because he can see us, he can see our weariness, he can see that we're cursed. And he wants to take the curse from us. He takes our weariness. He takes our exhaustion and he returns eternal peace to us through faith in him. He takes our sin. He takes our shame. And he gives us righteousness. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of Christ. This is the story. You need to, you need to see that our work is not as important as being with God. That, That is first and foremost in your life. We need to let that wash over us, the grace and the mercy come over us. We need to let people disciple us, speak into our lives. And as the passion grows for the gospel, then we get to work. Then we can disciple into other people's lives. Then we can see, I I just had a conversation with somebody this week like who's like, I've tried everything. Everything I've tried to do has resulted in, in just failure. I can't stop drinking. I can't stop doing these things. But I went to church. And I, I never go to church. But I'm just I'm so desperate. I'm going to give Jesus a, a chance. And I, I got to hang out with people, this, this guy says to me. These are cool people. I can't believe it. They're genuine. They're authentic. They're just like cool guys, guys I would hang out with. Like, I think there's something to this. I've been really uncomfortable, but I noticed when we got together the other day that that discomfort is starting to dissipate. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the gospel. That's the peace that transcends understanding. That's what you're feeling, man. And it transported me back to my early days, my understanding of what it meant to be a Christian, Or I could feel it, but I didn't know what was going on. Like, I was just barely, like, dipping my toe in the water. Like, is this real? Oh, and it was so invigorating. Like, this... We cannot do for God without being for God. But when we've been with God, when that passion builds up and we do for God and we, and we see the lights turn on in someone's life, it's so invigorating and it creates more passion and we want to do more and we want to share the gospel with more people or we want to serve more people. This is the way it works. Last thing, for those of you who are feeling weary and you're like, I'm, I'm still at being with God. I'm not ready to do anything for Him. I just want you to know Whatever your situation is, whatever the dark darkness is in your life, whatever the weariness is, just remember, Scripture talks about the mustard seed, right? It's the smallest of all seeds, but it grows to be the biggest in the, in the garden. Where does that mustard seed grow? In the dark. Seeds grow in the dark. Babies grow in the dark. Those dark times, th- that weariness, don't run from them. Turn to the scriptures, read Psalms, tell somebody about it, be discipled and see the growth that comes from your life. James 1, I'll read this and then we'll be done. Hey, you guys could actually come forward, band and, and communion. James 1 says this, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Don't run from your weariness. Use that as, a, as a, an opportunity to be with God. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and do communion now. Why don't we stand up and grab a, grab a cracker and some juice and head back to your... Head back to your seats. Just sit and think about to what degree we are doing for God without being with God. To what degree are we trying to earn it? Are we trying to trying to to earn god's approval trying to earn god's favor trying to earn our salvation we're all we're all guilty of this just just so we're all clear this is something that we can all that we can all benefit from just thinking through to the degree that we do this and we're we're overworking for god and we're not we're not spending time being with him letting that fill us up and letting that passion grow inside of us and giving us the good and and real motivation to do for him. Let's think through that and then let's, let's read from Matthew 26, 26. Now as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Let's take the body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks he gave it to them saying drink of it all of you for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Before you take it let's just remember this is Jesus's blood. Whatever whatever sin and shame you've got, whatever guilt you're feeling Whatever weariness you have, remember what covered it. remember that it was Jesus' blood that took it away from us. Let's take his blood and do this in remembrance of him. Father we, uh, we ask that you would you would save us from this from this curse where we try to we try to work for it we try to we try to do too much. We get, we get wrapped up in, in what the world has for us. We get wrapped up by what the phone is leading us in. You're wrapped up in, a, in opinions that people have, in the outrage culture that we live in. God, we're prone to wander. I, it's awful. I, I see it in my own life. I pray that you would, you would cover that with your grace, with your mercy, with your body and with your blood. I pray that new people would see the gospel in a new light this morning and that would help dissipate some of the weariness in our lives and they would take some of these disciplines, these quiet time reading prayer. And they would put those into practice, and that would help them in the future be with you. Sit at your feet, Jesus, and listen to your teaching, because that is where the power comes from. It's from you. Pray this in your great name. Amen. Let's worship together.